Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 40 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear, please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up today with our guest Luke, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Luke Bino earned a Bachelor of Science degree in Electrical Engineering from Michigan Tech University in Houghton, Michigan, graduating in 2007. He has had multiple positions working at GE Healthcare, Plexus Technology Group, and now at Triad Semiconductors as a mixed signal integration architect. Welcome to the show, Luke. Fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. Thanks, Jeff. Um, thanks for that summary as well. Um, so firstly, I'm a husband and father of three great kids. I was born and raised in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and also currently live there, where I work remotely for Triad Semiconductor. Uh, I'm, of course, a uh, Green Bay Packers fan as well, and I've been an electrical engineer for over 10 years now. Um, as you mentioned, I started my career working at G Healthcare in the Milwaukee area and specifically worked on designing x-ray systems, first the robotic portions of the system called the positioners, and then followed by designing the actual devices that receive x-rays and generate images called x-ray detectors. So yeah, after four years at GE and the birth of my first child, my wife and I decided that we wanted to move back to Green Bay and be closer to family. So I started working for Plexus in their engineering solutions department, and here we did electronic design consulting services for other large companies wanting to design products. A lot of these products were medically focused, and the one product that I spent a lot of time working on was a renal ablation system for a large medical customer, and this product um, helped people with chronic hypertension, also known as high blood pressure, to relieve their blood pressure and to um, live life to the fullest. Uh, in contrast, uh, my next project at Plexus was to work on a robotic assembly uh, system for pressure regulators that go into the Coca-Cola freestyle soda machines. So um, very much different uh, engineering skills skill set applied there but still under the same company which was very interesting for me um, you might have seen some of these machines they're the ones with the touch screens that you can uh, use at a noodles and company or or moe's restaurant so after about a year and a half at plexus i found myself very interested in the world of semiconductor design and since i had been working at ge i was taking graduate courses in this area an opportunity came to me to work for a company based in North Carolina called Triad Semiconductor, and they design mixed signal ASICs for um, for companies sort of like Plexus, where it's a design consulting plus manufacturing piece for specifically for designing integrated circuits for certain companies. All right, Luke, thanks for that great overview. And I, I think you're the first one on the podcast that's working for a semiconductor company doing IC design or integrated circuit design, and especially in mixed signal, which means that you've got both analog and digital design going on in the same device. Could you dig in a little bit about that, and, and how did you gain the experience to do that type of design activity? So I'll follow up, Jeff, and, and say that I, the detailed design, or actually putting down the transistors and connecting them and doing the simulation is, is something that I actually am not doing for 
tried semi. I am the interface between the customer who and and the IC designer, so that um, individuals who do not specifically speak the IC design language uh, can interface with our engineers and bridge that gap between the specific application and the detailed integrated circuit design. And that's really my role as as um, the mixed signal integration architect. So what would be your specific area of expertise? Specific area of expertise uh, historically has been in um, RF systems and hardware design in general. So taking a collection of integrated circuits, resistors, capacitors, designing schematics and doing layouts to create an actual product that would be used. So as a as a field apps engineer in the integrated circuit market, in the mixed signal market, what would a day look like for you? So I put my days into two categories. Um, I'm fortunate enough to work from my home and do remote work. And then that often requires me to travel out into the field worldwide and interact with customers at their sites. So uh, a day in the life at home, Starts with many phone calls and Skype conversations with um, many peers all over the world, both talking to the customer and talking to internal engineering resources at Triad, making sure that everyone is on the same page in terms of what our goals are and what we're designing towards, and then um, you know producing plans for various testing that we would need to do on a given day, and um, you know other other logistics as it pertains to the IC design process. If I'm traveling, my day looks a lot different, but it's also very exciting. Uh, I'm often um, flying off to uh, places both inside the United States and globally. I spend uh, quite a bit of time in Asia, probably um, eight weeks out of the year. I'm in the countries of Taiwan, China, Japan, South Korea, and there I'm talking with customers, making sure that they're satisfied with uh, our IC design practices and um, making sure that our products are a good fit for the products that they're designing them into. So, Luke, you've got, you have some some background doing design work. If if STEM Nation, if there's somebody out there that's like, wow, that's a pretty cool job that you got, Luke, I'd like to do that. Could you graduate college and do what you're doing, or do you think you need five, ten years of design experience before you would do something like what you are doing? I think it's certainly an evolution. Um, I think you can come out of college and directly move into the world of IC design. Uh, There are certainly people who do that. Uh, In terms of doing the customer-facing role and being that customer-facing interface, it's very important to have the diverse skill set first in knowing the IC design process and also knowing the customer's design process. And then through that experience, you learn how to merge those two together and bridge that gap to be that interface. And from a from a mixed signal standpoint, could you help STEM Nation understand the difference between maybe a mixed signal, a straight analog, and a straight digital IC? Sure, that that's a good distinction. So, like you said, mixed signal encompasses both analog and digital. As we know, the the world is a very analog place, and so uh, let's say, for example, that you want to have a sensor that detects a certain uh, phenomena that occurs in the real world. For example, maybe it's just a simple temperature sensor. In this case, you have a transducer device, maybe a, a what's called a thermistor that changes its resistance based on 
the temperature that it's being exposed to, and that's based on the actual physics of that particular device. You would then design an analog circuit which can take that changing resistance and convert it to a voltage that would be proportional to temperature. And then there would be an analog-to-digital converter interface which uh, takes that analog signal and samples it into a series of digital bits and then those digital bits can be moved to another device like a processor to do math or to transmit those digital bits to a larger computer system that may be storing the temperature value over time in memory. And so um, you would contrast that with something that was a strictly digital system. Maybe an example might be a chip that you would find inside of a set-top box for you know, like an Amazon Fire Stick or something like that, where it's receiving digital bits from the internet. It's taking those digital bits and sending them to your display and displaying them on your TV for for you to watch. So that that may be more of an example of a pure digital circuit. And if somebody in STEM Nation wants to do the actual design of the chip itself, is there a curriculum? within a university, maybe bachelor's or master's, or do you have to get a PhD in in IC design? So it really starts out with the same fundamentals that everybody learns in electrical engineering, basic circuits, basic um, you know signal theory, things like that. And I would say that, yes, it, it does often morph into uh, going into IC design curriculum at the master's level. There are many IC designers who also have a PhD. However, um, I would say that the majority are probably in that master's education level area of expertise. So, Luke, let's get really specific here. And what is one thing that really has you fired up about analog or mixed signal design or anything in general? So in 2013, uh, Triad started to work with a company in Seattle area called Valve Software. And for those who aren't familiar with Valve, um, I, I guess they're a very they're a very storied um, game design company uh, who has famous titles like Half Life 2, Portal 2, Dota. And they're also the creators of the Steam marketplace where you can go and purchase PC games on PC. And so at that time, Valve had been developing a new technology for the virtual reality space. And um, so I've been privileged to be able to work with Valve as a customer now for about two and a half years. And um, that's what really has me... Uh, excited about the future is in this area, we've created uh, a new um, positional tracking system, which can allow you to have the sense of presence in a virtual environment. So if anyone is familiar with the HTC Vive product, using using a technology that's developed at Valve and ASICs that uh, we created at Triad, uh, we're able to precisely detect the position of the head and render uh, graphics into the eyes that correlate to the real world. And this gives you this digital immersion that, you know, is, is very uh, compelling when you when you try it out. So that's what I'm really excited about. Yeah, so STEM Nation, if you're a gamer, you don't always have to go off and write the games. You can work in different aspects in the gaming world, like Luke is explaining. So Luke, let's go to an aha moment. Could you take us to a moment in time of an incredible aha moment you've had and tell us a story? I think the biggest aha moment for me is the realization that everyone is human. You know, when you're when you're a young uh, 
professional in the, the college in your college years you you tend to think of people as um i wouldn't i wouldn't say gods but as um almost almost like how do i get from where i am now to being this you know extremely you know extremely successful professional and as you work day by day you realize that we're all humans we all have areas of expertise that we're exceptionally good at, and we have areas where we need improvement. And that exists for every person that's in the professional world, no matter um, their level of success. And so as you work through these things, you realize, I have this specific talent, this specific niche, and this is what makes me, myself, and can make me successful in the business world. And so um, just remember that everybody is human, and that, you know, everybody has strengths, everyone has weaknesses, and your strengths will fit into a special spot in the in your area of expertise. All right, Luke, that's a great aha moment. Yeah, everybody is different. And, and take stake in what you think you're good at, what you think you need improvement on, and try to improve the things that you're not good at and, you know, accentuate the things that you are good at. And Luke... Going back to when you're 18, heading off to college, what are some things that you think STEMers need to know to be successful in these challenging curriculums? Everyone needs to exercise discipline and balance. Um, I don't think that it's healthy for anyone to study 24 hours a day or also, obviously, to um, you know enjoy their social life 24 hours a day. But I do think that it is important to balance these two things together. Uh, when you're coming out of high school and entering college, you're in a very unique portion in your life. You really don't have a lot of responsibilities outside of your personal existence and your personal life, and you can really use that to your advantage. And so um, maintaining balance is, is really important. Make sure that when you're studying, you're studying efficiently and you're enjoying the studying practice, but also uh, you know, take some time to spend with friends and recharge and refresh so that when you get back to studying your you know, personally balanced and, and ready for what's in front of you then and there. So going from, from college into the professional world, what are some attributes you think you need to be successful there? Always uh, have a high level of integrity and remember that that's the one asset that you can never trade back in your life. Um, having a sense of humility and, and knowing where where you are in your career and knowing that um, you need to learn and to um, respect others is very important. Um, and just be ready to endeavor into areas that make you um, uncomfortable or things that you've never done before and do those in stride so that you can be successful and transition to the professional world. Yes, Nation, humility, be respectful, and be open to the opportunities that arise. I'm guessing, Luke, that you did not expect you'd be working for a semiconductor company when you graduated college. No, I absolutely did not. Um, in fact, I, I really never even thought that I would be necessarily doing electronics design or anything like that. So um, going through the process, it, it found me, I, you know, I found myself in this process and it, it's been really rewarding so far. Hey, we're going to take a quick pause here, Luke, and we're going to thank our sponsor, Audible. You can go to stemonfirebook.com. That's stemonfirebook.com to get a free audiobook of your choosing. If you decide to cancel within 30 days, there's no cost and you keep the audiobook. And we are heading off to the lightning round. Luke, are you ready? I'm ready. What's the best piece of advice you have ever received? So this advice uh, comes from my, my current uh, mentor and uh, 
my my manager at Triad. It's to be smart and run with scissors. And what that means is sort of an oxymoron, but a lot of times engineers become a little bit paralyzed with maybe trying to do something that they may fail at. And so, of course, you want to be smart and to not do something that may put yourself at risk or that may cause physical harm to someone or something like that. But really think about what are the impacts of um, what are the impacts of trying something, even if you don't think that you're ready to do so. Uh, so I do this all the time when I'm writing code. I know that there are going to be bugs in my code or issues that may arise, but I don't know what they are going to be or how they're going to manifest themselves. <clears throat> there really is no uh, penalty or consequence if I just hit compile and try running that code, but I still have sort of this um, anxiety about doing it. So I'd say run with scissors, take that leap, hit compile, try it out, and uh, work through those issues as they arise instead of being paralyzed by the thought of um, there, there being a problem. So uh, I guess some others might say fail fast. It's sort of a, a similar type of um, mentality. And what is a personal habit that contributes to your success? Well, I've always been a self-starter and have an entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, growing up in Green Bay, you know, the, uh, the the number of resources and things available to me, it was always self-led by, by virtue of uh, not being exposed to a lot of these items. So I've always been a self-starter in that going to the internet, learning about new things that I'm interested in, trying new things. Uh, that's always been a habit that has been uh, very good to me. And a favorite internet resource or phone app? Well, I think that it's very difficult to pick just one, um, but I guess I would need to start with a resource like Wikipedia. Through Wikipedia, there's just a you learn that there's an incredible um, amount of details about just about everything in the world. You can pick the most boring topic in the world and to learn so much about it just by reading more on Wikipedia. And you find that there are a lot of people passionate about this area and have a lot of expertise in something that might be very um, basic to, to someone looking in on it. So I very much enjoy reading through Wikipedia, and I often find myself jumping from page to page to page and learning a lot of things that uh, I just would have never obtained any other way. And Luke, if you had to pick one book, what would it be and why? I think the book that I would select is Thinking Fast and Slow. Uh, it's a very long book uh, that describes how we think as humans and different um, thought processes that go through the thoughts that we're having. And we all do it subconsciously, how we think, but thinking fast and thinking slow um, helps you decompose your thought process and determine if you are using systems in your brain that uh, result in fast answers that maybe have bias versus other answers that take longer to arise to come to, but are more deliberate in the thought process. And so... I recommend you know understanding that process and um, having discipline around how you think. I think it's very important for uh, understanding yourself and others as well. And Luke, as we wrap up here, could you share a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation and then we'll say goodbye? One of my pieces of advice is that the time is now um, 
you know, you don't really have to wait for someone to tell you that it's okay to try something or until you finish a specific class to try something. Uh, today, there's so many resources out there that, um, you know, people, if you're interested in electrical engineering, you can go to a place like hackaday.com, hackaday.io, and you can learn a lot and obtain projects that you can work on today to improve your skills and to learn something. So um, I wouldn't wait necessarily for to finish a class or to you know obtain some some goal in order to get started on something. I would just dive right in and um, you know learn by doing in those in those instances. All right, Luke, that's great advice. And, you know, just dawned on me, Luke, the world that we live in today is pretty awesome because you can be living in Green Bay, Wisconsin, kind of the center part of the United States, working for an IC manufacturer, which in the past, probably 10, 15 years ago, that probably would not be possible. Yeah, that I'm very fortunate to be living and pursuing my career in the time that I am now. And the good news for everyone out there who's, um, you know, just graduating high school, it's only going to get better from here. All right, Luke. And with that, we will say goodbye. Bye, Jeff. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed our chat today with Luke. You can head over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player. Again, we have surpassed 10,000 total downloads, which is great milestone, thanks to you, the audience. If you like to share this podcast with just one person, that would be much appreciated. Tune in next week where we talk with Mark, who is a civil engineer. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM career.